0: This is the Veasan Hockey Betting Podcast with Veasan's Hockey Betting Analyst Andy McNeil. Here is Danny Burke.
2: What's happening, people, and welcome to another edition of Veasan's Hockey Betting Podcast. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and alongside, as always, our guy Andy McNeil at Digital Gambler, where you can follow him on Twitter at Danny Burke Five for myself. Make sure to check out all of Andy's hockey content over at vsin.com, That's V-S-I-N.com. And under the NHL tab, you get Andy's write-ups on a daily basis, covering the puck, doing a very solid job of that as we get toward the end of the season with all of these intriguing topics to ponder, not only from a fan perspective, an entertaining perspective, but naturally from a betting perspective. So Andy and I are going to get into that. Uh, Him and I are recording this Monday night, so we will be going off the news that we know now and try to get that as uh, best we can out to you for the time being. So, Andy, what I'm kind of alluding to to kick things off here is a team like the Boston Bruins. You and I the other week had a discussion about the bottom feeders in the NHL and how to look to handicap around them, maybe fading them, uh, certain types of bets to include within their situations at this point in the season what about teams on the opposite side? The teams that have everything solidified heading into the postseason, the Boston Bruins fit the bill of that perfectly. And tomorrow, because again, we're recording this Monday night, so Tuesday, Boston is hosting Nashville and Boston is getting some early love in the market. I mean, they're up to a $3 favorite against the Predators total at six with a little bit of juice to the over. But speak on what you would do with this Boston team going forward, because, again, the assumption is, no, you're not going to completely just bend the knee, but you don't need to exhaust so many resources at this point in the season, right?
3: Yeah, and we've got to go back to Sunday's win over the Carolina Hurricanes, Boston on the second half of a back-to-back after their win on Saturday over the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, a really tough physical game. And the Bruins kind of made a statement after the game saying that they were planning on icing a a full lineup in Carolina. It was important to them to get a win uh, in the Hurricanes building before the regular season ended. That's a team that they haven't had a whole lot of success against recently. You'll know, you'll remember that uh, Carolina was the team that eliminated Boston in the, in the Stanley cup playoffs last season in the first round. So important to get a win against the Hurricanes, but Boston ended up resting some players and not just any players. Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchant, and Hampus Lindholm all sat out due to nagging injuries uh, or some other excuse. But I think we all know that um, they just took the day off. And and we don't know what their lineup is going to look like uh, heading into this game against Nashville, who is in just the worst spot. They're not likely to make the playoffs, not likely to get a good draft pick. The Predators are five points back of Winnipeg for the final wildcard spot in the Western Conference. They've got two games in hand, but they've also got maybe the toughest schedule in the league uh, remaining. So those two games in hand that they do have on Winnipeg probably won't make a difference when you consider the schedule and injuries. Philip Forsberg remains out. He's been out for a while as does Roman Yosi, although he could return soon. The Predators uh, actually sent uh, placed somebody on waivers, a defenseman, uh, Jordan Gross, on waivers, which means they could be making room for, for Yossi ahead of this game, but uh, that hasn't been confirmed. That's just a bit of speculation. There's some other uh, scenarios that that uh, could also play out there. And now Matt Duchesne, uh, the, the Predators' uh, only real top forward in the lineup right now. Um, He's also out for for a few weeks. So Nashville coming into this game uh, just decimated by injury. Uh, They probably believe that they're still in it, but they're not. Um, Boston, you don't know what their lineup's going to look like, whether Marchant and Bergeron and Lindholm are going to be back in. And if they are back in, uh, will they take out somebody else? Um, I would assume so, given that this isn't an important game. They really don't have any important games left considering what they've already achieved um but yeah it's it's tough to put a price on this one i mean i i don't see a scenario where nashville beats boston here to be honest but um you know anything can happen if the bruins decide to take a day off uh including some of the players that do end up playing obviously if, if they decide to kind of mail this one in uh, which they haven't seen them do a lot this season but it can happen um but yeah just a lot of uncertainty heading into this one and it's easy to say that The Bruins will rest players still win just like they did in Carolina on Sunday. Uh, And you'll probably find out that you were right about that. But um, uh, it just doesn't fly for me. Yeah, laying uh,
2: upwards of three dollars may not be worth the price of admission to figure that one out. But it's tough to go against Boston. And I, I think he said it perfectly, like Nashville's in just a state of disarray in a sense because they're just stuck in such a tough position. To where it's really kind of difficult to handicap them, and furthermore, when you go, when you get them facing this Boston team, where you don't know what—maybe not necessarily their mentality, but just what kind of roster is going to be put there on the ice—and you know, going forward, then with the Bruins' schedule, I mean, you get Columbus, a team that is beyond out of the playoff. I mean, they are eliminated. They're just trying to get the number one draft picker in a position to do it as best as possible, and. And he got a few games down the stretch, like Pittsburgh, Toronto, New Jersey, where these teams are still competing. But man, that's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see a handicap in some of those spots. If if you're looking at just and again, obviously we don't know these numbers, Andy. But say in an example like when they're going to be playing Toronto and New Jersey, that's going to be April sixth and April eighth, respectively. Is that a game where? And again, you're not blindly betting it, but like realistically, people are going to be looking to back the Maple Leaves and the Devils because they stay, still may be fighting for their seating while Boston has it wrapped up. So if you do want to go that way, you, you might want to jump in on it as soon as those numbers are released. Do you envision that being how you got to go about it?
3: I don't know about that. I think, um, you know, with a team like Boston, there's a, a championship mentality all the way down. Um you know whether this team decides to rest some of their top players or not. This is a really, really tough, tough squad. Uh, you know, all four lines, all three defensive pairings. Um, you've got guys like Nick Felino and Taylor Hall working their way back from injuries. They're hoping to play before the the end of the regular season. Taylor Hall, I think, is a, a, a actually a, he is ahead of Felino in terms of his recovery. Um, so I think you know, looking at those games specifically. Um, you know, even if they do decide to rest players, I think the rest of the team, the coaching staff uh and the organization will be looking to, you know, kind of send a message, make a statement that 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 they're really going to be tough to to beat come playoff time, but they're still going to be tough even if they're they're not um, you know, if they don't have all of their parts together at that time. All right, Andy. Well, let's move
2: on to an aforementioned squad, the Carolina Hurricanes. They got a big matchup on Tuesday. They are hosting Tampa Bay. And the market is putting Carolina as the favorite in this spot. Anywhere from I'm seeing minus 129 to minus 145 at our Beeson's odds page. Totals at six, a little bit of juice to the under. This is a peculiar matchup because you've got this Hurricane squad that has been a, a tad bit volatile, but I feel like the metrics are still displaying that they should be playing better on a consistent basis than they really are. But We know the injuries have plagued them at this point. And then the Lightning, like, yeah, it's hard to ever doubt Vasilevsky, but this team in general has been even more frustrating
3: than Carolina. What the heck do we do in this spot, my man? So we talked about how Boston made a big statement versus Carolina resting three of their best players, still picking up the win in Carolina, nonetheless. Um, You know, the the, the Hurricanes just don't seem to be the same since losing Andre Svechnikov. He's done with a season-ending injury, uh, and in the nine games since Carolina ranks twenty-second in expected goals in all situations. Uh, they've scored just forty-five percent of the goals. Only five teams have scored fewer goals since they lost Svechnikov, who you know is one of their best shooters, best snipers. Uh, and they're not getting great goaltending from Frederick Anderson. I, I think you know he'll be fine long term. He hasn't necessarily been bad. He just hasn't been great. Uh, unfortunately the, the lightning have been worse though. And I don't think plus plus one twenty is enough to justify a bet on them on the road here, uh, against Carolina, a team that, that blanked them six, nothing, uh, you know, just a few weeks ago. So, uh, this is, this is a bit of a tough one. It's kind of one of those ones where if you're not really taking a numbers based approach and you're maybe just looking at, okay, plus money is attractive for a team that I think can probably win. You're right. I mean, the Tampa Bay Lightning are a team that can probably beat Carolina, especially in their current form. They're not uh, a slouch by any means. Uh, but, man, Tampa Bay is just getting all of their scoring and not a ton right now, but all of it is coming from their top guys, the guys on the top line. They're not getting a whole lot from their depth guys, practically nothing. Um, you know, guys like Corey Perry and um, Nick Paul, these guys have not been been chipping in as much as they, you would expect them to or as much as they have in the past. Um, and, uh, you know, even Anthony Cirelli, he's only got two goals and in, in his last 14 games, I believe. So, um, lightning, a lot, a lot of troubles here. Vasilevsky hasn't been a world beater. He's been good and good enough, but he hasn't been a world beater. So, I mean, this is sort of a, one of those games that feels like a coin flip, but you know, the, the hurricanes, they do have home ice advantage. If you think they're the better team, then, uh, clearly they should be the favorite. So is plus plus one twenty enough. I, I don't think it is. Yeah, I'm with you here. It's just too tough to handicap
2: for me to really want to trust cuz I do give the nod to Carolina, but I'm not looking to lay that price
3: with them and especially with how they've yeah. looked
2: lately. So,
3: if I, this was I, a if this was a situation where, you know, Tampa Bay was coming in and they're plus 140 or plus 135, mm-hmm. you'd almost want to consider a small bet on them, you know, kind of regardless of your your handicap uh in in this spot at this point in the season with everything that's happened and um just you know the current form of these two teams kind of just being up in the air um kind of whoever decides to show up will win this game and uh and it's kind of been a guessing game with these two teams as of late
2: definitely and my next question then was going to be kind of circulating around that like the way these teams have played and i guess you could speak to this with certain teams in general but when you get to this final home stretch Andy Does this kind of, you know, affect your handicap going into the postseason for for some of these teams who are struggling down the stretch? I mean, especially with Carolina and Tampa Bay and just to let everybody know at DraftKings to win the Stanley Cup, the Hurricanes are plus 850. The Lightning are 14 to 1. But even going by a series by series basis, the game by game basis, do you tread lightly with these squads at the beginning stages of the postseason?
3: Yeah. So if these teams, the Devils, the Hurricanes, the Maple Leafs, the Golden Knights, they continue to struggle down the stretch and into the playoffs, um, there, there are going to be certain factors. You know, for example, does Max Pacioretty return to the Hurricanes lineup in time for the start of the playoffs? Does Mark Stone return to the Golden Knights lineup? Um, you know, Kirill Kaprizov in Minnesota, although the Wild have not been struggling uh, thanks to a pretty easy schedule. Um Th- those are things that'll have to be taken into consideration, but yeah, definitely. I mean, there, there are uh, countless instances over the, the, the last, uh, you know, number of years where teams uh, really limped into the playoffs and, and turned it around. And there are probably just as many where, you know, teams limped in and, and found their way or found themselves out of the playoffs uh, in the first round. So um, case by case uh, basis and, uh, you know, going to monitor things down the stretch for sure
2: sounds like a plan well let's move along here with our assessment of some of Tuesday's slate let's talk Pittsburgh and Detroit next Andy we see the Penguins anywhere from minus 175 to minus a buck 90 on the road against the Red Wings totals at six A little bit of juice to the over minus a buck 20 or so Uh, Talk to me about this Penguins team right now, a a team that's been riddled with injuries on the defensive side, but they may be getting some good news uh, coming back in the mix with some of those players. Uh, How do you look at this team going forward with some of those notes? And then, of course, with this matchup on the road in the Motor City against the Red Wings?
3: Yeah, so just a quick note on the Penguins uh, defenseman Jeff Petrie and goaltender Tristan Jerry, both full participants in Monday's practice. So uh, having Petrie back is a good thing. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense, as you mentioned, has suffered a lot of injuries, but not so much when it comes to Jerry. He's been really bad since returning from injury. No word on a starter yet, but like I like the Penguins' chances a lot more with Casey DeSmith in goal right now. He's been the better goalie as of late. Uh, Pittsburgh's been playing well overall, uh, not really getting the results. And that's, you know, mainly been goaltending, uh, it's been a problem all season long. And, and Smith has, has been guilty of, you know, his fair share of, of poor performances as well. But, uh, when you're, you're just looking at recent form, Smith is the guy. I don't know that you can even trust Tristan Jerry in a starting role right now. I mean, last season he was unbelievable, uh, he he gets hurt a month before the playoffs. He's out until Game Seven of the first round against uh, the New York Rangers, a series that you know Pittsburgh really dominated for large parts. And keep in mind, a lot of people forgot this as as soon as the Rangers won that series. That you know, yeah, Igor Shesterkin, you know, figured it out and was was great in the latter part of that series. But you know, the Penguins went through Jerry to Smith. Well, they they didn't have Jari. Sorry, they went through DeSmith and then they were on Louis Domingue, their third string goaltender uh, in that series, right? So, uh, you know, I mean, they don't want the same situation where they bring in Jari uh, in a, in a you know high leverage situation like they did in Game Seven of last year, and and he allows four goals and the Penguins lose the series. So, I think. I think they've gotta go with the Smith now. Of course, I don't have inside information on Tristan Jerry's health or his injury status right now, but it it sure seems from the outside like like he's not one hundred percent. And um yeah, I, I I mean I I'm definitely interested to find out who starts this game before I can kind of finalize my handicap.
2: So if it does end up being Casey to Smith, uh, which, again, is, is what we're seeing at Daily Face Off with the projection. And, you know, for your handicap, potentially what you're hoping it could be the best chances for Pittsburgh. What would maybe be your range of you being willing to place a bet on it, given if it's Casey to Smith officially uh, tending the net?
3: Well, I mean, you know, Circa has minus 175 uh, when everybody else is sitting at minus 185 and minus 190. So um, you know, maybe that that kind of is a good indication that uh we might see those those lines at other sports books come down. Um circa obviously a very sharp book, arguably the sharpest book out there. Um so I you know I mean I, I certainly wouldn't be striking at minus one ninety on the penguins. You might see that that come down quite a bit. And if it is to Smith and That range at minus 170 or so, I would consider the Penguins. All righty. Got
2: that to look forward to tomorrow. We'll keep an eye on that in terms of who's going to be starting between those squads. uh, Let's go to another game here, Andy, where it looks like you've got some interest Vancouver and St. Louis. You know, I, I was looking at this game for a brief second originally and ultimately have not. All right, I haven't made a play yet, but of course, uh, very interested to hear your assessment on this one because Vancouver's kind of been like a sneaky, a sneaky solid team to back toward the end stretch here. Obviously, they're not going anywhere with the postseason, but they've been competitive, and they've won their last three spots. Uh, Look, granted, one of them was against Chicago, the other against San Jose, but in between, they got a dub down in Dallas, 3-1, to and now they're on the road against St. Louis. The Blues, you know, they're kind of all over the place. Games right around a pick'em. Do you see value with the Canucks once again here?
3: Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's it's almost it's not really a secret anymore. It's uh, Vancouver's not hiding anything. I mean, they ranked seventh in expecting goals in March, and they've continued to get better under head coach Rick Tocket. I mean, um, they've been above average on offense and defense. Goaltender uh, Thatcher Demko has got a nine twenty-two save percentage. He saved more than six goals above expected since returning back on February 27th. Um, and this one comes down to really that the Blues have, don't have a strong home ice advantage, maybe no home ice advantage at all. Uh, their winning record, they're 7-5 and five in March, uh, is due to nothing more than an easy schedule, in my opinion. And I think Vancouver on the money line, worth at least a half a unit, so that's what I'll, I'll mark myself down for. Um, hopefully the Canucks continue to play well. Uh, I think, uh, I think it's a good sign for this team, but of course we, we saw, we saw this happen last year with, with the Bruce Woodrow, they were great down the stretch and into the, as the season w- was winding down and then things, uh, you know, were disastrous to start this season. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're playing great hockey right now. And I, I think they're a, a good, good small bet at minus one Oh five, which is the current price at DraftKings.
2: All right, I dig it. Yeah, may just have to jump in on that one with you. Vancouver's been a blast to watch. One of those teams toward the bottom tier, not all the way there, and uh, hey, still playing competitively. So it could be a good spot for Vancouver on the road tomorrow against St. Louis. Let's go to uh, a little bit of uh, a game that features maybe more intensity here and a lot more on the line. Uh, we've got Calgary and Los Angeles squaring off. And Calgary opening up around minus the buck 40 or so. Uh, it looks like the Kings getting some love in the market here, though. Uh, you talk about circa, they're at minus 126 now on the Flames, plus 115 on the Kings. Totals at six and a half. So the Kings have won two out of three meetings against the Flames. Los Angeles coming into this spot on a three game winning streak. But again, the Flames opened as high as minus a buck 40. Again, we are seeing uh, some action come early on toward Los Angeles. The, the Flames are fighting every single game to at least sniff a chance at getting into the postseason. But at the same time, Andy, it's not like the Kings are just going to lay down. They're fighting for a number one seed in the West, going up against VGK down this stretch. So do you go with the team that's desperate to just get into the postseason or the one that's actually been a lot more competent and uh, still vying for better seeding themselves?
3: Yeah, I mean, the the Kings are for real. I mean, we're talking about a big sample now where they've been one of the best teams in the league, both above and below the surface. Uh, and now that they have a solid goaltending tandem uh, with Jonas Corpus and and Phoenix Copley, albeit one that's probably playing as good as you'll see them play. They're not going to get any better. Um, there really are no concerns with this team. They're, they're strong up and down the lineup. They control play. They drive play uh, in, in pretty much every game. And now they've got Kevin Fiala and Sean Dersey back from injury. So they're going to be even stronger down the stretch and, and they'll need some luck, but I can see them overtaking Vegas, uh, for a top spot in the Pacific division. I don't necessarily think they're a great bet, uh, at some sports books. I mean, you, you can find as low as I think, plus two fifty out there on the Kings. But, um, I think, there was some plus three fifty available. That's something I'd consider if I didn't have um, the Pacific division futures that I have right now, which include the Vegas golden Knights. Unfortunately, I think, uh, you know, I think they might, they might lose it down the stretch here. If, if Los Angeles continues to, to play the way they have, but as far as Calgary, the story hasn't changed. Um, I mean, kind of sound like a broken record here. The flames just, you know, they, 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 They try, but they don't get the results. And it's it's at this point, I mean, like there are some outrageous stats uh, when it comes to this team and just how they've underperformed this year. Uh, We've gone over them all. Give me a Los Angeles on the money line uh, at plus 115 for one unit. I I think I I was eager to get this podcast recorded because the Kings are definitely the the best play, uh, in my opinion, on the money line. Uh, at at plus the earlier plus one twenty, and and I knew that I wasn't going to stick around at very much longer. But I, I would bet them down to really down to you know plus plus one ten for a unit. Uh, and I think I would, you know, really cut that down at at plus one o five. But um, yeah, plus plus one ten or better for for one unit on Los Angeles on the money line.
2: Yeah, I like it. And look, Copley's 2-0 and against the Flames, just allowed five goals on 48 shots in both of those matchups. Uh, you look at Markstrom, certainly not having a premier year this this season, and he's 1-1 against the Kings, allowed 11 goals throughout those two spots, 44 saved on 55 shot attempts. Uh, the Flames uh, defensively 20th in expected goals allowed per 60 the past month. The Kings First and expected goals allowed per 60 the last month. So you talk about kind of coming into complete form and just being a overall sound unit, Los Angeles has looked exactly like that. And then some, and especially on this little win streak they got this three-game win streak. And I can absolutely see why getting plus money with them against this Flames team that it just seems like maybe you know, people are just holding out and holding out, waiting for them to finally get on this little bit of a spurt. But it just hasn't happened. So I completely understand the sentiment toward wanting to take the plus money with Los Angeles. May end up going on on that side myself. Uh, Right now, I've got nothing in that game, but I like your assessment on that angle with the Kings and the Flames, Andy. But I do have a play in this next game, which I know you've got some thoughts on as well. Maybe not a play, but you've got some thoughts. VGK and Edmonton, the Oilers are playing right now as we're recording. Uh, Taking on the Coyotes, they lead 3-2, to a little bit more than midway in the second as you and I are recording this podcast. So it is the second leg of a back-to-back tomorrow for Edmonton. But Campbell was starting tonight for Edmonton, so the assumption is Stuart Skinner will be taking the net tomorrow. He's allowed seven goals in two matchups against the Knights. Uh, One and one, one of those, or the one loss was in overtime. And it's kind of funny. These teams have played three times, and each game has ended 4-3. And two of them have been in overtime, and two of them have been won by Edmonton. And look, I think the Oilers get the job done once again here, Andy. I mean, for Sois, I guess the assumption is he's going to be starting tomorrow. Uh, he did play most recently when he came back after a month absence. He got the win against Edmonton, and that was the Golden Knights' last game. And again, like we said, they won 4-3. to So he had a pretty solid performance. But... Edmonton, you know, sitting out Skinner intentionally, still playing for seeding, as is VGK, but the Golden Knights are going to be banged up. They've had a couple days off. Will it take a little bit to kind of get up off the couch? Uh, Maybe not because you're going against the Oilers, but Edmonton's going to be looking for some revenge here. And you look at their defense over the last month, I expect the goals a lot per 60, 10th right now in terms of the last month, VGK 31st in that category so I like Edmonton here it appears that the market is seemingly liking Edmonton early on opened around a pick now as high as minus uh, minus 120 but there are some minus 115s out there so that's what I ended up snagging Andy I'm going with Edmonton minus 115 against the Golden Knights
3: yeah I mean I, I can see I can see where you're coming from we've been talking about it a lot on this podcast uh over the last week or so Vegas is just not performing like a, a playoff team, let alone a contender right now. And we know that Mark Stone not being in the lineup is a, a you know a huge loss, a huge blow. He's he's obviously not just a, a an offensive force as a forward, but he's you know arguably the best defensive forward in the NHL. When you talk about the top players, um and Vegas, yeah, they they they're giving up three point four expected goals per sixty right now. They're goaltenders not Logan Thompson, obviously he's been out, but their goaltenders over the last month have only been allowing 2.3 goals for 60 minutes at five on five. So, you know, just incredible stuff from the likes of Laurent Pessois, Jonathan Quick, Aiden Hill, who's also injured. Um, it's, it's not going to last though. If this is, this is not a sustainable way to play hockey. Um, you know, you, you can't just get outshot in every single game and expect to continue. They've scored 58.6% of the goals in the month of March, it's just, it's just not going to continue like this. Um, you know, and like I said, Logan Thompson, he's, he's not back yet, but when he does come back, he's, he's going to be thrown right into this mess of, you know, being peppered with shots and, and great a scoring chances every other night. Uh, and that's just, just not a great spot to be in as a goaltender. So, um, you know, I think Stuart, Stewart Skinner as is the better goaltender, obviously uh, between him and him and Laurent Persoie. Edmonton's defense is is much better Edmonton's offense is much better um now clearly it's going to be a little bit tougher because they're on the second half of a back-to-back but yeah they, they should win this game uh and I, I think I mean you, we could very well be looking at these two teams playing in the first round because um the Oilers with their loss to Vegas uh the other the other night I I think that pretty much puts them out of the running uh in terms of the the Pacific division title, but they're the best team in the West right now for my money. Um, I think when they put it all together, as long as they don't have to put Jack Campbell in the net in the playoffs, uh, they'll, they'll be, they'll be a force, but um, yeah, it's, 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 it is tough to gauge. I mean, I don't know if I would say that these teams are necessarily playing for seeding. I mean, I'm Edmonton's been just chugging along all along Vegas. Yeah. They're going to try to keep, keep this, uh, keep this Oilers team from having home ice advantage. But, uh, you know, man, Vegas is really just, just such, so thinned out right now with, with injuries, the stone and, and Smith, uh, uh, of course now, um, and, and you're really seeing this team exposed kind of for maybe, uh, just kind of going all in on the, the star power, which would be great if they're all in the lineup, but it's just not working right now.
2: Yeah. And look, uh, first of all, glad to hear that uh, you're at least leading toward the same trajectory here for this game, but you make valid points. And I have kind of refused myself to, to get sold on this VGK team, whether it's from, you know, it's either I bet against them or kind of stayed away because it is remarkable how much success they've had. And then you look deeper into the numbers and you understand all the injuries they're dealing with. And look, you tip your cap, but at some point it's got to catch up with them. And, Right now at DraftKings they are fourteen to one their odds to win the cup and we know out in Las Vegas those odds are always altered even more so because of being the hometown team you don't get a good price on them and hey maybe if you do find yourself in Vegas or you know you got some kind of a good way to get out there with some bets fading them early on or a game by game in the postseason could be could be a viable option is that something that you might consider Andy if they're not completely healthy by then and. And the rhythm of their play stays the same. Could this be an early exit for the Golden Knights, you think?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I think, but I also think in the playoffs, things can get really outrageous really fast in terms of the odds when, I mean, when the consensus is that Edmonton is going to walk or whoever they play is going to walk over them in the first round and, you know, beat up this this banged up Golden Knights team. Um the odds are going to reflect that, right? The market is a lot smarter now than it was even a couple of years ago. Um, you know, I mean, we just look how how, how it's changed uh, in terms of pricing. The the amount of minus 300 favorites you see in the regular season. Just imagine what it'll be like in the playoffs if some of these, you know, really good teams, um, you know, meet some of the weaker ones. I'm not putting Vegas in that category, of course, but I mean, the Oilers were what, a 1%? 70, 75 favorites around there uh, the last time out versus Vegas at home. So um, they'd be a favorite in both uh, on both uh, the road and and at home in a, in a potential series versus the golden Knights. So um, yeah, you you might, you might actually see some value on a team. That'll really just kind of, it'll come down to whether you can hold your nose and, and make that bet and, you know, Cross your fingers, because that's probably what it's going to take to, to get the win. Oh,
2: yeah. Well, we'll be looking forward to it. Always looking forward to more NHL action, especially when it comes to the postseason, which we'll have you covered here on VEASAN's Hockey Betting Podcast all the way through the playoffs. Andy and I will be here to deliver you content two episodes a week with the pod, and then you've got Andy's write-ups on a consistent basis over at com. That's v s i n under the NHL tab is where you can get all of Andy's thoughts with the puck. And again, just to recap, I will be sweating out the Oilers minus 115 on the money line. And then Andy, he's going to be rocking with the Kings for a full unit. And then you're just rolling with the half unit for the Canucks. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right. All right, well, there you have it, Andy. Best of luck to you, my friend. Make sure you all follow Andy on the tweets at DigitalGambler if you want to follow myself at Danny Burke 5 Appreciate all of you tuning in. Best of luck with all of your wagers. Andy and I will be back in the mix with another episode on Thursday. Until then, take care, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
1: A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes!
0: Wait! Did we just invent California?
1: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time.
0: (gasps)